you know, it is a selfish act to be loving because it just feels damn good, right? <laughs> it really does. There's a, what was it called? The art of selfishness where mm-hmm. Ayn Rand talks about um, selfish, the, that selfishness is truly a uh, benevolent selfishness is good. I mean, you, you want to do good because it makes you feel good. So, yeah. Exactly, exactly, exactly. Anyway, uh, I, now, Elisa is one of the authors in our book, which I've been raving about on the show, that has just come out called Awakened by Death. You know, I found Elisa's blog. Well, Eric, I would suspect, or my mob, led me to it because, you know, one of uh, like I call- You got to accentuate the positive. You're listening to Karen Swain, teacher of deliberate creation, accentuating the positive, showing you a way to a better life. Accentuating the positive, it's not just fad, it's sanity. Who in their right mind would accentuate anything else? We're off and running. Hello and welcome to another show, Accentuating the Positive with Karen Swain. Look who I have with me today, for those of you who don't know who she is. Her name is Elisa Medhus, Dr. Elisa Medhus, who is the creator of the Channeling Eric blog and a couple of books. Welcome to the show, Elisa. I'm so glad to have you here, Karen Swain, and thank you for inviting me. Oh, dang. Now, Elisa is one of the authors in our book, which I've been raving about on the show, that has just come out called Awakened by Death. You know, I found Elisa's blog, well, Eric, I would suspect or my mob led me to it because, you know, one of, like I call my spiritual team, my mob, and um, one of my mob is actually Jesus. And the very first... Lucky you. I need Jesus. Jesus I need Jesus on my team, for sure. He's with everybody. He's with everyone. Anyone that is spreading, you know, he was a physical representation on earth of a band of consciousness. And that band of consciousness is compassion, reconciliation, unconditional love so anyone that's spreading that message has jesus on his team right and you have are one of them um anyway i want to finish this and i want to tell you what i saw with eric the other day so uh so the very first you know session i saw with you was the one with jamie and jesus which is actually the one where he has the evp on it you know breakfast that was the very first one i saw And hearing jesus's voice too yes saying i mean god how many how many people have been able to hear Jesus's voice in the last 2,000 umpteen jillion years. <laughs> he's actually he's actually very present on this planet because oh, yeah. um, because our planet, as you know, which we're going to nut out, we're going to get into. But mm. as you know, reconciliation and unconditional love and um, forgiveness and all those attributes that he represents is so needed. In oh, gosh, you know, yeah. it's so needed even amongst the spiritual community or the new age or even the religious community, like I think some of the religious people are the worst. The comments, you know, I know that you get a lot of comments. The comments I get yeah. from the staunchly religious people, the, the vilification that I get, you know, I just get oh, slammed. Awful. And yet they're representing Jesus who represents reconciliation and unconditional love. So it's really interesting. Our planet is in need of this, isn't it? It certainly is. And that reminds me of a story. One of the uh, mediums I used to use, Bim, uh, Kim, Bim, <laughs> Kim Babcock. 
Okay, she's yeah. Catholic, and she was with the, the same church all of her life and her family, mm -hmm. too. Well, they found out that she was a medium. They kicked her out. Now, I don't think that's something Jesus would do, right? Jesus was, was a medium. Jesus oh, was a medium. He was a medium. Was a medium. Yeah. <laughs> so it, it's just ludicrous. And, you know, hey, Elisa, you're talking to the devil and all that. And I will admit that Eric can be a devil sometimes, but he is not <laughs> the devil. So, uh, yeah, it's, it's really, especially when right after Eric died for the first few years, it was just so, I was just trying so hard to help people with the blog and to have people spit out this vitriol was really hard. Oh, so hang I stopped on. reading comments for a while. And, we froze, you, know. you froze for a minute. Yeah, yeah, I know. You get a lot of, uh, I know. You've had a lot, look, anyone that puts himself out there in the public eye is going to come up against this energy that we're here to actually alleviate. You know, yeah. I mean, the whole reason that you work tirelessly and that I work tirelessly and pretty much for no money, the two of us, I have to bullet. Oh, yeah, none. <laughs> it costs me money to do what I'm doing. But exactly. I get, we get paid in other ways, you know. You do. Right? Absolutely, absolutely. But, you know, the very reason that we're doing it is to help with the shift, you know, to help humanity rise, to help humanity rise. I mean, Eric's doing all that he can from his side of the equation. And uh, yeah, and that's to help people overcome their negative thoughts or their stressful thoughts. It never feels good to vilify somebody, to judge somebody, to criticize. It never feels good. It actually no. feels a lot better to be loving and, and to be open and to be happy. And, you know, it is a selfish act to be loving because it just feels damn good, right? <laughs> it really does. There's a, what was it called? The art of selfishness? Where mm -hmm. Ayn Rand talks about um, selfish the, that selfishness is truly a uh, benevolent selfishness is good. I mean, you you want to do good because it makes you feel good. So yeah, exactly, exactly, exactly. Anyway, I I just I had a bit of a you know talking about team mob. I was um, just you know thinking about getting online with you yesterday, and I had a bit of a chat with Erica. Like Eric, are you there? And you know, got anything to show me? And this is what he showed me. He showed me, it was amazing. I wish I could uh, paint it somehow. He showed me this, this, imagine that you were looking at a whole group of people, but all you could see was light. And it was almost as if they were just the outlines of bodies. So oh, I, can many, see, I can see that. You can see that. Many yeah. people have depicted that. So he was like, he kind of stepped out of that light and came forward, but he kind of was dragging a tail of light behind him that was connected to the group, and he was standing there in his Eric persona. And wow. I just went, wow, cool. It was just such a cool image. Oh, and he was, he was awesome. saying that, like, you know, I'm connected to this team because what we've been talking about on the show and in the Inner Sanctum is our spiritual team that, you know, our guides are not one singular. We're not one singular person. You know, we, yeah. are, we are a part of a team, uh, a spiritual team that is, uh, as, as Francis says in the team books, that is as close to us as, as breathing. You know, we're not even operating as one person. We're operating as a member of a team. Mm -hmm. And he showed me this image of him being connected to this, this, this team of light. And there were just thousands you know like I, it, it was you couldn't count them but just this mob I call my team the mob you know and so I like that I yeah, like that it was beautiful it was beautiful so 
you know, we, from our linear mind perspective, when we chat to Eric, we're chatting to a personality mm-hmm. and we're thinking linearly, singularly, like we're talking to one yeah. person. But, he's, but it's not. He's actually a represent, like Jesus was a representation of a band of consciousness. So is Eric. He's a representation mm-hmm. of this team so yeah that was a beautiful image oh anyway, i love that yeah. But yeah, we're all part of a collective anyway That's i right. mean separation is is an, illu- an illusion that mm-hmm. is basically made possible through the ego and you have to have that in order to experience the human experience you have to have that illusion of separation and that illusion of linear time that's right. That's right. And what I love about the channeling Eric thing is that he has maintained that sort of ego perspective, the Eric persona. They're like the swearing. They're like, hey, what up? You know, like all that, <laughs> you know, all that yo-yo. Well, I know. He really does that because um, he, he wants to be more approachable. He wants to have people connect to him on a human level because it's easier than when somebody some spirit comes down and says welcome my dear one i mean it's hard to relate to somebody like that because they seem like they're so elevated that's right that's right and he makes exactly exactly you know my team my mob said to me all the way along like like stay relatable stay relatable stay relatable and um because the human mind needs something to sort of relate to you know to relate to some disembodied spirits that's holier than thou seems mm. like with a lot of people who are going through worthiness issues and pe- and people who go through worthiness issues are the ones that are vilifying the others but um but we're here to you know release our worthiness issues so if if we feel unworthy of connecting to mother mary or jesus or whatever we're just not going to do it right <laughs> so yeah, it's like a, why would he why would they talk to me it's that kind yeah. of thing you know yeah exactly and, and when we when we interviewed jesus Oh, I got slammed. It's like, why would Jesus talk to you? You're oh. just a regular person. He would only talk to people like the Pope. It's like, I don't think you know the Jesus the same way I know him. Plus, all spirits, especially Jesus probably, can split themselves off infinitely. And so they can be in infinite places at once. So, so there. So there. Jesus is like, his whole thing was about the people. You know, he wasn't hanging out with the popes. He was hanging out with the people. Anyway, don't get me on that stuff. Oh, God, don't get me started too. (laughs) (laughs) We can talk talk about this all day. But listen, your chapter in the book, I just, you know, your chapter in the book is, um, because I'm here to sort of promote the book as much as to promote the rest of it. Because the the proceeds are going towards charity. One of the charities is from one of our authors in the book who is called Scarlett Lewis. She started a movement called Jessie Lewis, I Choose Love, and she's putting emotional education in schools. So she's doing so well. You know, her son was shot in the Sandy Hook shootings. Her six-year-old was gunned down along with six teachers and 20 other school children. And she had this amazing kind of epiphany, like when she realized that every fear, her greatest fear, like you've, you've lived your greatest fear, she's lived yeah. her greatest fear, like that my child would be killed. That's, that's a yeah. mother's greatest fear, right? Well, absolutely. It's absolutely. the worst thing that can happen to a human it's being. the worst period. thing that can happen, I think, as a mother, it's probably the worst thing that happened. But So she's lived her greatest fear and she had this epiphany that when she realized that she was living her greatest fear, she had this realization that every other fear that she ever had had disappeared because it was irrelevant compared to this, right? And she had this experience of grace. Like she was just like inside this emptiness, this grace. And inside this grace and this emptiness, 
these thoughts started downloading about the shooter. And she mm. said that, you know, he was just a kid. He was a kid that no one taught how to get over his stressful thoughts, right? He started stressing. He started hating on himself. And, he, and as those thoughts grew and grew and grew, he started hating on everyone else. And he took a gun and went to his school, his high school, and machine gunned down as many people as he could find. And she thought if someone had taught this kid how to overcome his stressful thoughts, it would never have happened. And so she's doing that. She's putting programs in schools. She's what a courageous. She's great, right? It's so awesome. You know, Eric, uh, yeah, but Eric told uh, us in an interview that the solution to, am I fr frozen? No, no, you've come back. You've come back. Yeah. Oh, okay. I've come back. You've come back. Um, you know, that uh, he, he said that it's not about gun control, okay? Mm. It's about mind control. Teaching children mm. mindfulness, be able to be vulnerable, learn emotional honesty with mm. yourself and others, learn nonviolent communication. That's a great book to teach kids. Uh, exactly. Learn how to meditate, exactly. uh, learn how to communicate without fear and, and, and know. Uh, whatever's making you feel bad about yourself, you got to ask yourself, is that really coming from me? Did it originate from me? Or was that, in, am I internalizing that from a peer or a sibling or parents or teachers? So um, I think that's where the solution is. That's but, where it's at. Yeah. You know, that's my, that's my passion to elevate consciousness because I think that's the solution. It's not about taking the guns out of the, you know, it's, you know, the solution of all the problems of our world is to elevate consciousness because we would, when we realize that we're all one, we're one with the planet, we're one with the animals, we're one with everything, we'll stop polluting the planet, we'll stop killing each other. We, you know, like it, that's the solution yeah. is consciousness from my perspective. And I think that you I know, agree. Yeah. That's what you're doing with your blog and the books and everything too. I think that. Um, so anyway, so the proceeds are going towards the uh, uh, Jesse Lewis was her son's name. Choose Love uh, Enrichment Program. So she's made it very secular so that schools get a hold of it because you can't get too woo woo when you're talking with schools, no, right? No, no. So it's it's based in neuroscience. It's based in mindfulness, and you know it's a very sort of secular, free, and she's making it free to schools. So I want to support that program. So that's where the oh, proceeds great. are going to. Yeah, one of them, and um, there's a few idea. other charities. There's a little boy in. Africa, who's uh, was a street kid, and he's taking in street kids and looking after them. I want to support him too. Oh. He, uh, he's just doing it off his own bat. He's not connected to any charity, but he's got a group of healers in America that are supporting him, and uh, I want to support him too. So there's a few people I want to support if we make any money out of the book. <laughs> oh, you will, you will. But oh my gosh, there's so many people out there. It just warms my heart that are doing such good and for such selfless uh, reasons. So. I know. That's nice. But, you know, with your chapter, I love Cyrus and I loved your chapter. So Cyrus is one of the authors in the book and he was our editor because I was completely dyslexic when I was at school. So I needed a Cyrus to get, you know, sorted <laughs> out. But your, your, your chapter was great. I think you already had it edited and done and, well, you're good at all that stuff. But, you know, what you uh, have done with your chapter is what you do with your blog. You take people from zero to 100 miles an hour really quickly. So people find you because they're grieving and yeah. especially people who have lost a child or have, you know, been involved in a suicide. So you, you get a lot of that, right? Yeah. Oh, yes, That's for sure. It, exactly. Yeah. And inside... Well, sometimes people who just fear death too. So, mm -hmm. but, but mostly people who grieve, yes. Yeah. 
And people who are grieving are not usually interested in, um, you know, who we are as components of consciousness or where we come from or aliens or all the, oh, topics, no, no. all the topics that you discuss in the blog, which I find fascinating, but you take them there. <clears throat> so they find the blog because of grief. And then they, as they go down that rabbit hole, there's just so much to explore with the conversations that you've had on the, in, yeah. you know, on the YouTube and on the blog. And that's what you've done in your chapter too. You know, you've, you've talked at the beginning about being a grieving mother and how the worst thing that could happen has happened and how it affected your family. But then you go into some of the conversations you've had with Eric. And this is the part that I love when you're talking about who we are as consciousness, we're a part of a big field of energy of consciousness made Energy of consciousness made of energy where individual segments that are conscious, but we're also the whole, kind of like a hologram. Now, this is Eric talking to you. Yes. Through, I think, was it Jamie who said that? Because that's out of your book. Uh, it, oh, yeah, she, it is. Yeah. Yes, definitely. But absolutely, I mean, he, he, you, do you remember, uh, like maybe you're too young, remember those little, uh, those little not, hologram yeah. skull necklaces? Yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. So that's a hologram, and if you were to break that, say it's a picture of you instead of a skull. Mm. If you were to break that on the ground, you would you could pick up any shard, and you would see the whole Karen Swain under the microscope. So, uh, yeah. So we are whole and part of God, which is God is everything. God is light. God is love. Love is everything, etc. Exactly. And I remember reading that in your book when you sent it to me when we did the last show. And I was just thinking, this is just brilliant. I love this. So I loved that you put it in the chapter as well. You know, like, and uh, where are we? This, this statement, in the simplest I of sentences. I aim to please, <laughs> We keep having freezing problems. I don't know why, because my internet's usually good. And I haven't got my streaming movies up. Mine is like super Mine's super fast. And yours is super, super fast. Yeah, right, so yeah. We have to ask whoever's interfering to just thank you. It's that you say, in the simplest of sentence, we are sentient energy. I love that. We are sentient energy. That's self-aware. That's self-aware. Yeah. Mm. Sentient energy that is self-aware. I love that too. Mm -mm. Yeah. Oh, Eric. This That's part, cool. I've heard someone describe us as consciousness moving through their various perspectives, experiencing ourselves. So this is like, you put all this in the chapter and, and, and um, you know, when uh, Cyrus read it, he was like, oh, I really love Elisa's chapter. And again, Aww, so, you, so you're so taking sweet. the reader from zero to a hundred miles an hour really quickly because you're talking about a grieving mother and anyone that's a grieving anybody can relate. And then you're going into these sort of like fabulous concepts. It's wonderful. How do you find uh, people that, you know, so many people are reading the blog, you know, on your, when you're listening to people's comments, are they mostly talking about grief or are they getting into these subjects that Eric oh, gets into? Everything. I mean, everything. You know, the, the, the first few years of the blog was a lot about grief, the human experience, things like that. And only after a while did we start, I kind of ran out of material. So I thought, well, let me ask Eric some questions. He's supposed to be Mr. Know-it-all. So, uh, and if you can't, if he doesn't know it, he'll be able to pull it out from thin air somehow. So then I started getting into, well, what is love? What is time? Uh, what is consciousness? Um, what's the consciousness, consciousness of an animal compared to 
human beings, uh, just all sorts of possible things. Yeah. What yeah. happens when we have a lucid dream? Uh, just everything imaginable. Yeah. But that's the beauty of the now, you know, like, like so how long ago seven years ago so you've really only been thinking about this sort of stuff for the last seven years and you've yeah. gone from zero to 100 miles an hour too or a million miles yes. an hour in that seven years see I started thinking about this when I was probably about 12 or 13 and you know watching my mum get sick I'm like why is she sick then she dies I'm like where did she go and if she went somewhere where did she come from so those questions yeah. But, you know, back then there, weren't inter there wasn't an internet, there wasn't a lot of information around. So it was a really slow unfolding for me. But yeah. today people's awakening experiences is so fast. You know, they think they're grieving and then they're reading about consciousness and aliens. <laughs> yeah, I know. Isn't that something? Isn't that but something? Yeah, absolutely. But they're very open to it. They're intrigued. And so many people just feel like it feels right. What, what Eric's saying about consciousness it feels right on a soul level it's Absolutely. like i knew this all along but Absolutely. i've never heard it from anybody but i, I knew it on such a, a soul level basically yeah that's absolutely right. I mean that's the way to come at any information is to to listen to how it feels because our souls like eric's soul is is connected to all that is so we can we can access anything we want just like he can access any but he's not streaming it through the ego we've got to stream it through our ego which oh, says yeah. oh that's bullshit <laughs> yeah. i know i know we've got a brain saying oh right you're not gonna yeah, do right. that one are you yeah yeah <laughs> so that's true so we have to listen to how it feels and not listen to what we're thinking about it. Cause I've, you know, over my time looking at my mind, it goes, Oh, that's bullshit. And then the year after I'm like totally on board. So it's I like, know. Well, that's what I used to be like too. Uh, you know, as a physician raised by two atheists. So if, if, if uh, somebody said, uh, okay, I'm going to a psychic uh, tomorrow, I would just get this, vision of this gypsy hunched over a crystal ball and kind of laughed to myself snicker i was so rude how thoughtless uh-oh grand kid alert <laughs> uh, anyway um so yeah it took me a, a while and then eric's death sort of changed everything what really changed everything was three days after his death when um he uh when my father called in a panic i mean he's a militant atheist this guy or he was mm. and uh and said that uh he was sitting in his chair reading the paper, I mean, wide awake, and all of a sudden he looks up and there's Eric standing right in front of him, and he freaked out. He said, I'm so startled. I don't know what to, what to believe. And this is a guy whose first words to me after I said, oh, Eric's dead, he said, uh, sorry, Lisa, Eric's going to turn to dust. So that's how atheistic he was. <laughs> but you know what I find fascinating about this, Lisa, is that I've heard you say that before he transitioned, he actually, even though he had that experience, he still didn't change his perspective. That's right. And That's I, right. you see, that is the, the, the grip the ego mind has a, a hold on. Us. So he was just, you know, he's not an awful person. I know you're not a fan of him, but he, you know, he's just, he's just a man believing his yeah. thoughts, right? He's yes, just exactly. a man believing his negative or stressful thoughts. Exactly. And, you know, what's really interesting about these sort of scientific minds, and I know you used to be one, and believe you me, I have a sceptical mind. It's like, I, I can't believe that I believe all I do because I have a sceptical mind. <laughs> We think we're so intelligent when we say, 
oh, that's just not possible. That can't be right. That can't be right. You know, we think we're so intelligent, like we know. I know. And like we know better. We know better. I know. So the only intelligence to listen to really is the intelligence of the heart, like how it feels. Eric rabbits on about this all the time. He's like, yes, he does. You're emotional beings. You're emotional beings. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Uh, He says that um, as uh, as human beings who ignore the fact that we're emotional beings and 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 rely on our rational side more, um, we tend to have a thought about something and then that will evoke an emotion and that emotion will uh, lead us to a choice of some sort or a decision instead we're supposed to feel first i mean feel with your heart like you said your intuition and then have that uh, emotion create a thought and that thought can create the choice so we got a little bit backwards we're dyslexic emotional beings that's what we are absolutely isn't that funny we're dyslexic emotional beings you know I was really dyslexic as a kid and what I found out that if you are a dyslexic person as a child it means that you're more emotionally based than intellectually based right really interesting. absolutely and and interestingly enough the soul chooses to do that like I have been a doctor and a scientist in quite a few past lives and I've been uh, subject to the the grip of the ego mind taking over my life and not allowing my ever like that. I remember someone um, was looking at a past life of mine and she's saying that I was a man, I was a doctor or a scientist and I'm screaming at my wife because I'm saying, how can you talk about that rubbish? She was talking about astronomy, not astrology, but astronomy. So wow, we're going to go back a couple of hundred years and I'm vilifying her for being so, I'm ridiculing her for being so ignorant. So I, in a past life, was really gripped with that, kind of like your dad, right? And my dad was oh, yeah. similar to your dad too. Yeah. So, you know, it's interesting when she was saying this, I was watching her, it was like years ago and I was young, and I'm thinking, God, she's describing my father. <laughs> oh my gosh, that is something. And, and then I realized I chose him for that reason, to see what it looks oh, like. You know, yeah. I chose that. So that Maybe I, would, I did the same. Yeah. yeah, so that I wouldn't be like him. And yeah. another thing, you know, when I chose to be dyslexic, it meant that I had to focus more on the feeling sense and the intellectual sense because the intellectual sense was kind of dumbed down. Yeah. So uh, isn't that interesting? That is fascinating. Mm. Well, you know, uh, we've had so many times in history where these things happen. Like, remember, we used to think the world was flat, right? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. And then the guy stood up and said, oh, who was it, Copernicus? I don't know. I think the world is round. Um, but, you know, he, he, he was ridiculed. He, I think they probably sent him to prison. It was horrible. And um, when people spew vitriol about, you know, toward what I do, I just say, hey, you know, the world is not flat. Sometimes I say that. And, uh, and Arthur Schopenhauer said that truth goes through three phases. First, um, it's ridiculed. Oh, I bet I'm, I see internet connection unstable. Well, anyway, first it's ridiculed and then it's scorned, but eventually is, it's accepted as self-evident. And that's what happened to the whole earth is flat, but it's really round uh, phase. Mm, I know. It's interesting. It's what's happening to everyone. And, you know, that ridicule and uh, that was something interesting enough. There's a, what was the movie? Oh, there's a beautiful movie that called uh, Magdalene, Mary Magdalene, about Mary Magdalene. 
and an a, a, a Australian director made oh. it. He he was the same director that directed and produced Lion. You know the movie Lion about the yes. uh, yeah, the Australian, the Indian, little Indian boy gets lost and he's adopted by an Australian and Nicole Kidman plays the mother and anyway. So I oh. met, anyway, so I went to see and he, he's showing Jesus' life. It's actually about Mary, but he's showing Jesus and Jesus went through the same ridicule. He went through, you know, he's trying to teach people about what he oh. knows from his connection to source and he's getting the same ridicule and people saying, you're crazy, you're crazy, that's, you know, you can't be, it can't be because they had their set of beliefs. Isn't it fascinating? It just, yeah. and I'm watching this movie. But we're in good company, girl. Think about that. We are in good company. 2,000 years later, it's still as rife, you know, people are still kind yeah. of locked inside thought forms that are limiting them. And, you know, science can do yeah. that too, mind you, quantum science. Oh, I was going to say the exact same thing, that material science has really uh, set us back spiritually quite a bit. Actually, before we had the ancient mystics and all sorts of interesting spiritual groups that we have less than now. I'm sure there are some. But, uh, so science has... Uh, given spirituality a bad name but now science is coming aboard and mm. it's starting to bridge that gap like now scientists think that uh the soul is made of neutrinos the little particles that are so tiny they could pass through lead and now they're realizing that the soul is tethered to the body in the hollow uh, spaces of microtubules there's little tubes in, in cells that help it maintain its structure and or have a, a part to play in cell division. So, you know, we're getting there. I know, know it is fascinating. Neutrinos are carriers of information. Carriers of information. Mm. Deepak said that years ago when yeah. I was on my spiritual search. He was one of the first people that made me even contemplate God because I couldn't contemplate God as a young girl because I was just like, oh, well, that religious stuff's bullshit. But when Deepak mm. Chopra said, you know, God is like a, an infinite field of um information and energy you know a unified field mm -hmm. and i'm like okay now that's something i can come at you know that's that yes. definition of god as a unified field of all possibility yeah you know then that's it made sense to me and that was the first time i could even sort of say the word god and mean it but yes. um you talk about that in the chapter two and i love that you put that in because that is just fascinating to me about how that works you know how the soul is tethered to the body but yeah, yeah that's so cool isn't that cool i was just because cool. there's a few things that the experience component works for the contrast uh i just sort of put out a few things the experiential component works because of contrast and often that contrast causes human suffering our purpose is to understand all facets of love and to remember that we are that emotional that emotion called love to understand that the facet of love called forgiveness you have to experience in life in which you are hurt or betrayed in order to understand that facet of uh, love called loyalty. You have to live a life where a friend or family member turns against you. So in this part, you're talking about contrast. So right, talking, the human experience, yeah. The human experience. I love that you put all this in the chapter. Oh, it's so Stuff it all in as much as possible. Well, what we're doing with the book is pretty much what you're doing with your blog. We're taking people from where to go. You know, the word death, I, I, I was sort of, I wanted to call it um, surviving death because we were talking about people who, like you, who have survived the death of a lo loved one. 
but people who have also survived their own death in an NDE or even an OBE. But someone else bought a book out last year called Surviving Death. And Eric said, uh, not Eric, um, Cyrus said, you have to change the name. And I'm like, oh, really? <laughs> so Aww. we called it a wedding. I like it better. I like, I, I like it better. I really do. Yeah, because you were awakened by death. I was yes. awakened by death. Yeah. Yeah. It yeah. was an awakening Absolutely. process. And all the people like that are, are writing to you are being awakened usually, but they're being awakened either through studying your experience of death through Eric and having a relationship with you and Eric. And he's like, he's the dead dude. I call him the dead dude. The dead dude. Yes. <laughs> uh, so they are awakening through this sort of death component. Which, and isn't that so much better than saying surviving? Yeah. Like people are survivors of child abuse. Really, they should be thrivers. Instead of, so surviving has kind of a negative connotation, whereas awakening is like a transformation, like, like a blossom opening up. I know. So I, I like it. Isn't it great? Don't you love the way the universe works like this? It's perfect. You know, because it's a series, and this is what I want to talk about to all the people that watch you and all the mediums that watch you. It's a series of books we're putting together. This is the first book, which is centered around death, right? And um, the next book is just about awakening. So this series is called the Awakening Soul Series. And because I had awakening in the soul in the series, I didn't think about it as the title of this book. But I thought, ah, bugger it, use awakening on all the on all the titles, you know. Excellent so, idea. And uh, I, I'm looking for people's uh, journeys of awakening to compilate into a book. I want to talk, you know, I want, because I, I know there's a lot of people coming into their intuitive, mediumistic abilities or they've already got them. They're just trying to understand them, to yes. develop them, to expand them or just navigate them. So I want to put a compilation of, of experiences like that in a book sort of specifically for people who are like mediumistic and psychic abilities and channeling because there's so many people awakening to that within them or they've, they've got it, they're just trying. Oh, to yeah, I mean, I, yeah, I, I must have like 50,000 blog members and each has their own amazing stories. So I can put a call out to them. Hey, you guys got any good stories? That's right. Or you can write up something uh, and I can post on the blog. You, you get lots of material, lots of amazing stories. Wow. Yeah. But like you, all the stories I want in the books are how they transformed your life. It's not, about, it's not about a pretty story because, you know, your life has been completely transformed from this death yeah. experience, like completely and utterly, so much so your family don't even know who you are anymore. <laughs> you know? They don't even know who they are anymore. So yeah. how, are they all how do your family handle all the work that you put into the blog and everything? Are they, are they coping with it? Are they, you know, are they, oh, yeah, feeling, they're fine. are they feeling like Eric's getting more attention than everybody else? Oh no, no. Cause no. I make sure that doesn't happen. Good. I make sure. Um, no, I give everybody equal attention. Yeah. So I had to remember that because every time I, you know, have somebody too long uh, on the, uh, on the iPhone, it's like, wait, why do you have, that's my grandbaby. Why do you have Annika there all the time? What about me? So I have to go like, okay, it's time to change. Just <laughs> I know, I know. So, yeah, so that's what we're doing with this. It's a series of books and you're a part of the first one, death being, and you know, the reason I did death was death was my awakening. But because yeah. of the show, when I put up stories of death, they're the, they're the ones that get the most hits. So I'm figuring a lot of people are wanting to know about this death thing. So, um, well, of course. I mean, first of all, look at us. We're baby boomers. Maybe you're not grappling with our own mortality. A lot of us yeah. have uh, parents that are getting old and, and are, have 
one foot in the grave and another on a banana peel. So, and also, um, uh, you know, almost everybody has lost a loved one, at least okay. almost every adult, mm. even, even if it's a pet, et cetera. So death is just a big, huge, huge, ubiquitous part of life, of everybody's life. And the, uh, the misunderstanding of what it is, is just crazy. It's just crazy oh, how everyone yeah. is born and everyone dies. Like every single, as I heard someone say in a speech once, you know, no one's getting out of here alive. I mean, that's <laughs> true. I love that. And, that's uh, true. And yet it has been so feared and misunderstood. Yeah. So feared and misunderstood. It's crazy, isn't it? So. Yeah. What you're so doing. Un, there's such an unknown, uh, especially if the, if you're a person who does not believe in people who can channel from the other side or yeah. believe EVPs, etc. Then you just think that's it. The lights are out. Yeah. Well, you know, it it has been an unknown until people like you. Eric's book, you know, the one that he, he wrote about describing what his blow by blow, like even, even you put this in the chapter, you know, did it hurt when you shot yourself? And he said, no, he said, I made the choice. I pulled the trigger and then the next minute everything was black, but I didn't feel anything. So, I mean, all those details are so fascinating. And, um, and uh, I, I, go ahead. No, you go ahead. No, I really, really, really love Eric's book my life after death. I mean, it's, you know, I'm not bragging cause I didn't write it. I just, you know, was a secretary with, with fingers that were like chicken drumsticks, but, uh, it's just everything from moments before his death. And I didn't like typing up that part cause it was, you know, and, and his actual death, I didn't like that. It was very difficult for me and, and what happened afterwards. But then, you know, how he went to said his goodbyes, went to his funeral, then the crossing over and then so much detail about what the afterlife looks like, what the sky looks like, what the physical body, the spirit body looks like, how mm -hmm. emotions have changed, senses mm -hmm. have changed. It's just so detailed. I mean, he did a masterful job. What trees look like, what kind of different animals they have there. It's, it's so cool. Have you read it? I have, you know, because we talked okay, about good, it on, good. The, on the last show. You sent it to me and I read it and oh, I yeah, that's right. loved it. I was just... You know, I, I've oh. been doing this thing for a long time, right? Page turner, man. It is an absolute page turner. Page -turner. Uh, you think you know a few things. It's really interesting. You know, I started my show not to ask questions but to impart information because I thought I knew something. And when I started the show, I realized I know nothing because <laughs> I interview people oh, like me. Me too. I know have nothing. Yeah. I and, know uh, nothing. You know, and Garnet and Cyrus, who's in the book too, you know, Cyrus is an astral traveler and he says he gets into a lot of trouble Gosh. with the blog members uh, uh, and the channeling Eric blog members because Eric describes oh. an afterlife the way he experienced it, right? And Cyrus describes oh. an afterlife the way he experiences it because Cyrus hangs out in the denser, denser levels of the astral plane which is where people can go when they transitioned, when they're yeah. not, when they haven't sort of really finished what they wanted to do in a physical life. So the denser yeah. levels of the astral plane are very physical-like. And I was saying to Cyrus, mm -hmm. when my best friend killed herself, she used to sit on my bed when I'd wake up in my astral body at night and we'd hang out together in the astral plane, right, after she wow. was dead. And 
I oh remember saying to her, why can I feel you? I can touch you. And you said that too yeah. when you hugged Eric, right? It feels physical. And I knew I wasn't in my body, yes. right? And it felt yeah. like I'm touching her saying, why can I feel you? Why can I feel you? I'm not in my body. And so that is the denser levels of the astral plane. It's a much, it's a more physical experience. And there are so many levels of the afterlife. Eric has, has explained a few of them. But there are so many more experiences, which, you know, it's going to take three lifetimes to get through all these experiences. <laughs> so, oh, gosh, at least. So Cyrus But says, all those lives are happening at once. Everything, yeah. past, present, and future lives are happening all, right now. You know, that's something that my linear mind finds really hard to wrap my head around that whole time thing. I get it, but I don't get it. You know, I get it, but I don't get it. Well, Eric yeah. has a couple of analogies that are help. Uh, consider a, a stack of books. Each of those books is a life and you open up one book and you know, you're reading that book. That doesn't mean the other books are not there. Or another one I like a lot is the, the wagon wheel. Um, you know, at the center is our higher self and we're putting out little tentacles of energy of, mm. of ourselves, mm. of our consciousness to live other lives, past, mm. present, future. And as the, wheel and you know when you finish with one life you get sucked back up and another life comes up. and as you as the wheel turns it leaves tracks in the in the mud and that's your linear timeline so you know i've seen that i've uh, i've i've nutted i've read that in either on the blog or in a book or one of it and i've had a bit of a chat to my mob and i said show me show me about that show me you know, send, give me more about that and they've shown me that those spokes on the wagon wheel yeah. That, oh, that, really? That one spoke would be one life, but that one life has many different components. So you have a physical life, an astral life, and even different levels on that one spoke of rep, different representations of that physical form and physical personality. So like we're, we're wandering around in our astral bodies at night having experiences that we often don't remember or sometimes we do and where it have we have a dreamscape yeah. we have a you know dream experiences so there is like on that one spoke of the wagon wheel at different levels different dimensions that that one personality can experience as well as all the different personalities that we're experiencing called past lives or future lives or other lives it's just fascinating actually they're giving me oh yeah it's fascinating they're giving me an image of that spoke being like a sphere and not like a flat wagon wheel but like a spherical like sphere if you oh, can yeah? yeah yeah oh, oh i like that you get that yeah they're just giving yeah. me this image because you go in all sorts of different different directions they're all quantum probabilities yeah you know every thought you create you know you have you create a completely new reality and if that thought is not maintained then that reality sort of dies away but then you, know, you have another thought it's so cool and and eric's here and he's giving me another image and oh, i wish i know how jamie or your mediums feel i wish you could draw these things because it's so hard to explain an image i know he's showing me these spheres all um like there's a sphere with all the spokes and inside that sphere are different levels of energy and they're all, he's kind of saying like it's all smashed together. It's all wow. interacting with each other. So it's so interactive. It just yeah. blows my mind. You know, I, 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 my, my, That's my, cool. My little puny linear mind is just 
But if you had some sort of computer program, you could create what I'm seeing. Ooh, it just blows my mind. But anyway, I want to tell you what Eric did the other day. It was hilarious. Uh-oh. So I was watching one of the last posts that you uh, did on YouTube with a new medium. Mm-hmm. Right. And I was watching. Oh, yeah. And I was watching you stretch her. <laughs> you oh, know, wait, what did I do? You fire these questions at them. They're kind of nervous. And it's oh, yeah. Really... Oh, are you talking about Jennifer? Yeah. I, don't know. Really... I can't remember her name. At first. Um, but I just watched dark, how you. Dark hair? Yeah. I just watched how you stretch oh, these yeah. mediums. And you're such a teacher for them. You know, you, oh, you really? oh, cool. absolutely launch their careers if you like it's like you did with jamie who would have found oh, yeah. out about jamie had you not you know i mean jamie's no. it, it, you know perspective she's amazing she's I mean, amazing she deserves all the success she has she I may have helped push it along but no, she she would have gotten there eventually anyway so yeah but you know you really sort of set that rocket off you put that rocket under and um and you're doing that for so many mediums, which it's kind of like you're there to propel them because you've got this following and then you put them on your show. So now you're kind of going to propel them into a hemisphere and that's going to completely expand their reality. Oh, and, yeah, it does, uh, definitely. It stretches them. It really stretches them. So I was watching you and I made a comment on the, and I can't remember what I said, but I made a comment. And then it was late at night because I was sort of like, you know, cruising the internet late at night before I go to bed. Then I went to bed. And I turned my lamp on next to my bed and it did a disco dance. It was like I, was, I turned around and looked at it because it didn't flicker. It did a disco dance. It was kind of like, what do you mean? It was flickering off and on like flicker, 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 flicker. Oh, flicker, flicker. okay. Flick, 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 flick. Like it was kind <laughs> of like dancing. It was like, and I'm just sitting oh. on my bed watching it for a few minutes and then I'm, I looked at the light in the room. It looked like a disco because the lamp was going off and on. Yeah. It was late at night. And well, I looked at the, got up and danced. <laughs> there we go. I looked out the window and I thought, if someone was looking up at this window from the street, they would think there's a disco going on in this room. Oh, God. <laughs> totally Eric playing with my life. Oh, he loves to play with lights, with radios, TVs, just electronics. It's just amazing. I was just astonished because I was just standing. It, just, it didn't stop for quite a while. Anyway, that was just funny, funny, Eric. I haven't heard from him like that for a while, but it was just after I did this comment, you know, and tuned into your energies. He's always there when I tune into you. Oh, yeah. yeah he will, he will uh, prank or visit anybody who asks them. Of course, you need to be aware, you know, like pay attention, but also you, you can't have real heavy expectations because that's a super dense energy. Everything's ener- energy, thoughts, expectation, love, emotions. Uh, you know, this coffee cup that Einstein would have referred to as liquid light. It is energy. Mm-hmm. And uh, so if you, if you're grieving, for example, your energy is going to be super dense and it's really hard for these spirits who vibrate at a very high frequency to uh, lower it down to get to you. It's like, um, okay. So, so, uh, yeah. uh, so that's I, don't, I don't know where I was going with that, but it's okay. Well, you know, that's perfect. That's perfect. Perfect. Because, um, you had asked the question, you know, we were talking about that time where you were really asking, I want to, I want to know you're there. I want to know you're there. And then, and then he, you saw him at the end of your bed yeah, and hugged him and had that visceral feeling, right. Of feeling his body. And then you posed the question, 
either on a video or on the blog. I don't know why I haven't had that experience again. Yeah. And he answered that question. And I, what do you think he said? I want you to tap into his answer because I know you got it. Yeah, I, I remember. Well, I don't remember. It's not scary. I got the tip of my tongue. See, can you see it? Uh, so, you've, um, you've actually already maybe said. Maybe I just don't, I don't need it as much anymore. That's a, that's Is a, that? That's a part of it. That's a part, a part of it. Because, uh, you know, I don't need the proof anymore. Mm-hmm. But, you know, every mother wants to, like, a, give me, send, shoot me a text or an email or, you know, a letter or just, you know, say, hey, how you doing, Mom? Um, uh, but I did have something recently, two days ago, two nights ago. Two but, uh, anyway, what did he say? My memory is awful. Well, what, what did he say? So what was the answer? When I saw that, he spoke to me and he said, You've actually even said it. To, do, to manifest himself in an astral form is to lower his vibration so that he's denser, so oh, that yeah. he could hug you and you could yeah. feel that hug from your physical perspective because you were feeling from your body physical perspective, not from your mental yeah. perspective. You're having a visceral physical yeah. experience. So yeah. he said that, um, you know, he did that for you. It wasn't easy. Easier, more, more easier when he was more attached and to the physical world, the physical life oh, that he had. You know, right? That might be it. You know, the, you know, the early days, he hung around more in, mm-hmm. in the, you know, denser levels and, uh, you know, he'll, but, but then he left, but he'll come back and, you know, he, it's not, it's not like, okay, once you go through the tunnel of light, you can never come back to the lower planes again. That's not true. Um, you know, it's not a, a one way, you can you can ticket, do anything so. you can do anything you like. I've had people say I went to him. I'm going to getting off track because I want to finish what else he said. He also said that you didn't need the proof anymore. He also said that he would prefer that you connect to him from outside your physical linear uh, senses more on a psychic sense. So he yeah. doesn't want you to be reliant on that experience to be the way that you connect to him. He wants you to speak directly to him from your knowing, from your exactly from your connection to your own higher self or, or, you know, intuitive intuition or your own knowing and not to yeah. be reliant on those, you know, at the beginning when that's all you thought you were, like I am this physical body, I need to see Eric with my physicalness, right? So he said, okay, let's do that. So, but when, when you've expanded your awareness and your consciousness, he now wants you to rely on that aspect of you and not your physicality to have that connection with him. Yeah. Yeah, that's interesting because, you know, I have started, well, I did it before, but then I got, got, got undisciplined. Uh, but I, I like to talk to him, you know, in my mind when I'm on my daily hikes, my almost daily hikes. And, mm-hmm, and so mm-hmm. uh, that, that active meditation puts me in a place where it's mm-hmm. much easier to talk to him or in the bathtub. That's another one. Mm-hmm, so. Mm-hmm. so he's seen me naked. Uh, that's okay. <laughs> that's okay. But, you know, this, this business of not being physical anymore. I remember years ago when I was a young girl, I went to see a psychic and um, he was this fat old man who lived up the road in Bondi Junction. And, most people said, when am I going to find a boyfriend and what am I going to do for my... And he said, have you got any more questions? And I said, when am I going to be enlightened? And he kind of looked at me like, oh, that's not what most young girls ask. I know. And then he right. starts 
rabbiting on about his experiences. And when he told me that his little dog had died and then re-manifested back into the physical body of a little dog, a bit like exactly like the story with your father, right? And then, oh, yeah. and then jumped up on his lap to thank him for looking after him. I'm like about, I don't know, 18, 19. I've gone, I'm out of here. This guy's lost his, you know, like he's lost it. I'm thinking, oh, yeah. That's, you know, like I said, okay, thanks very much. Paid him the money and then got the hell out of there. But, you know, years later, I realized that that's possible that you can rematerialize into what looks like and feels like a physical form. And uh, yeah, it's amazing, isn't it? Isn't it amazing? It is. And, you know, speaking of with uh, psychics, for example, sometimes a reading, you know, you, you have a reading, it's like, oh boy, they are way off. But sometimes if you're just patient, those things come to fruition. I remember we had uh, this friend uh, who's a psychic and, you know, I didn't, I mean, I didn't take her super seriously at that time because I, I was an idiot. But anyway, um, she told me, Elisa, in a, uh, you are going to be in Norway traveling on the country roads and you will encounter this accident and you will help this little girl and, and your family will be looking and this, they'll be thinking, oh my God, she is a real doctor. <laughs> so uh, instead of a clumsy mom who trips over every single crack in the road and, um, and so I thought, well, we never go driving in the country. Where's it, Norway? Oh, God. And um, so a couple of years later, we're driving on the country road in Norway, and there's a little girl. She ruptured her spleen. I had to stabilize her. And then, okay, ambulance came. And so I got back in the car, and, you know, Rooney looks at me and says, do you know what just happened? I'm like, what? Do you remember Kimmel? Yeah. So um, the reading where, so yeah, sometimes you, it doesn't seem possible, but if you just wait long enough, things like that come to fruition. Absolutely. But a lot of mediums to read probable realities. So yeah. this is, this is something that a lot of people don't talk about with mediumship because, you know, a lot of people go to mediums because, well, the majority like what's happening in my future. They're worried about the future. Whereas Eric, the most, yeah, I know, but it's a most probable reality at the time. But you know, there's free will—not only your own free will, but the free will of everybody who crosses your life, and even those who don't cross your life, who cross cross the the lives of the people who do cross your life. So it's very complicated. I know. When we were young, again, eighteen, I went to Hawaii with a group of girlfriends, and we had a reading, a tarot card reading, in a in a, in a market. Right? I can't remember what mine was, but my girlfriend's tarot card reading or hand palm reading or whatever. She was told she was going to die young, a violent death, which was kind of shocking. And so from that day on, she never looked at anything psychic or spiritual or anything again because she thought that that was a horrible message. But, Elisa, but she was a very young, pretty girl who kind of fancied dating gangsters, sort of gangster-like people. She used to date these old men. I mean, she should have used that tarot card to... You know what? It did. It scared her. So she went yeah. home and she figured that maybe because she was very sexy and beautiful, maybe, you know, attracting, I think, you know, she had this older man complex. She liked grandpa, not like father figures, like grandpa figures. It was oh. hilarious. We all used to, because we love her dearly. We always were like, why are you dating grandpas? And she decided she needed to get married to a young, decent man and settle down and have a family. And that's exactly what she did. So 20, 30 years later, we have this discussion. She said, I don't believe in any of that stuff you believe in. And I said, why? And she said, because of what happened when we were like 19. And 
in the market. And I said, that psychic saved your life. I said, because you know what? You were on that trajectory. That's exactly where you were going. And one of her boyfriends or dates or whatever was gunned down in the street because he was like a, you know, shady character. Oh, yeah. And so and she might have been with him. Exactly. You never know. Oh, exactly. gosh. So what did she say to that? What did she say to that? She went, I never thought about it like that. It yeah. completely opened her mind to oh, wow. realizing that instead of that woman saying something that didn't come true and it was all bullshit, yeah. that woman said something that could have come true and saved her life. Yeah. Isn't that interesting? That is mm. fascinating. Mm -hmm. I know. So, so that's how psychics work. They can read probable realities. And if you're a vibrational match to that reality, that's where you're headed. But if you change yeah. your vibration or you change your thoughts or your ideas. Which she did. You yeah. choose a different probable, you choose a different reality, which she did, sliding doors, exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I know. That's awesome. So the mediums. So what was happening? You took a little bit of a break lately. Are you feeling more refreshed? Oh, yeah. I'm much better. But, you know, I had not taken a break. I, you know, post almost every single day of the week and uh, the radio show and a bunch of other stuff. And, um, you know, it, it can be emotionally draining, especially mm -hmm. some of the emails and, and comments and whatever. Not, not the, the mean ones necessarily, although, you know, that's not fun. But, you know, the, the people who are in pain so much. And yeah. I'm like a mama who wants to fix everybody. Yeah. And, um, and so it's, it's sometimes very hard to see people suffering all the time. Uh, but you know, I had a problem with some of the mediums, you know, uh, I always thought of mediums, they, they're spiritual, they would ne never have an ego, but you know, there was, you know, some jealousy of one medium against the other and some cyber bullying and it, it just got to be really messy and, uh, no. So I, I just had to take a break. Yeah. Basically. Fair so enough. they're human. They're actually human. Well, we're all human. We all have egos yes. and we all have to put our ego in check you know that's what we're here we're here to take on an ego and then to navigate the ego you know i, I love my ego but she doesn't drive yes. the bus i put her in the back seat you know i love yeah. that she questions she doesn't know she doubts you know she's like she gets frustrated yesterday i was on the phone for two hours with the you know paying a fine and um i was working uh oh the what did you do karen oh no my daughter got a parking ticket outside my house and i paid it so it <laughs> took me two hours fine? to pay that oh. fine what oh you know oh, and so gosh. i'm sort of frustrated and i always remember wayne dyer you know a brilliant spiritual teacher i saw him on stage Whoa. years ago and he was saying mm. that um, he has like eight kids or something. One of his daughters, he couldn't find the keys or he couldn't find something. He was rampaging through the house going, where the hell are my keys? And he said, ooh, if only your fans could see the guru now. You know? oh. <laughs> oh, no. And he just I laughed. get that too. And he no, I get laughed. that too. Exactly. And he was yeah. telling a group of a thousand people on stage, you know, that that's who he is. He is the guru the spiritual guru, but he's also the frustrated dad who gets upset, who gets pissed off when he can't find his, you know, like we have an ego. So we have to love the ego part of us, just not oh, let yeah. it drive the bus. 
you know, I love all my flaws. Mm. I find them endearing. I, I think because people laugh at it. My family just has a field day. It's like, you don't know her like we know her. <laughs> uh, for example, I have this dent in my, in the wall of my utility room. That's a perfect match for the top of my head because I was climbing up, you know, on the washer to get something and it fell back and blew through the, through the uh, deal. I, I, I don't know what it is about me and sheetrock. Another time I like, uh, Rooney was gone. So we decided to, you know, blow things up. So I got a bottle with uh, dry ice and water. I can't remember. And we threw it in the pool and it was way too loud. So we thought, let's take this inside. Not good. So I said, we'll hide behind the, this wall and I will put a ice cooler, ice chest on top of it. So we did that. It's like, oh my God. Boom. <laughs> that ice cooler went through the ceiling. Oh my, my husband God. was on his way home from the airport. He was going to, so I went to Home Depot and just got all sorts of spackling and this, that, and fixed the whole thing. It's really pretty good looking, except you can see like a little rectangular shape barely, but it's there. So those kind of things I like because it reminds me that I'm so flawed. I can't get on a ladder without my my uh, family saying no or cutting a tomato without my get away from the knives, that kind of thing. It's fun being human. It's fun being human. And you know where I think we would go wrong? And I've definitely done this. I've definitely, and this is again who my dad was, is not being able to admit that we're wrong. And this oh, is it's something so refreshing. It feels so purgative to, to do that though. I know. And this is yeah. what you talk about in the chapter, being vulnerable, that vulnerability, something that Eric talks about a lot. It, and it's so important. I just want to stress this point because, you know, as a young girl, I remember thinking if I'm wrong about anything, I'm going to look bad. And so I would just pretend all the time and, and be right about everything, right? Were you like yes. that as a doctor too? Like, yeah, I'm a No, scientist. never as a doctor. No, I, I always said. But, you know, know, as a, the doctor you. persona rather, you know, like I. Yeah, but no, I, I, I wasn't like that. But of course I had my pride as a young right. adult and, and I didn't want to be wrong. Depending on who I was with, especially if it was with my with my husband, because he's perfect at everything. I swear to God, <laughs> awesome. Um, but uh, but yeah, as a doctor, I was totally fine saying I don't know what the hell is wrong with you, but I am gonna find out. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but um, but it's it's so refreshing to be vulnerable and open your Funny. heart. I've always like like that, and, and uh, you know, people think being vulnerable is weakness. They equate it to weakness, but it's not. It shows a lot of strength because you're just opening up your heart to the slings and arrows of other people. And um, it's just so refreshing. It's really refreshing it's, to hear it from other people. But it's freeing. It frees you that's from the freeing. cage. That's it. It's, like yeah, you're in right. it's like you're in jail if, like, I can't be wrong. I've watched yeah. my, you know, my, my teenage nieces sort of you dress up and be beautiful and, and in a way just not being able to be wrong because they're so scared that if they're wrong about something, that they'll be judged or vilified. There's just some fear that keeps them in jail. I mean, this is the last thing you say in the chapter. Vulnerability isn't weakness. It's a position of strength. It allows us to live a life of love. We're also, uh, we also learn that to be vulnerable, we need to feel first and think second, which we talked about, uh, and take uh, being mindful of our own intuition, our heart space. Ordinarily, we humans do the reverse. This is what we talked about. We think a thought and then it evokes an emotion and that emotion creates a choice or reaction, which we spoke about. But I love that you put that 
in, you know, this, my daughter was saying to me, we went up to get some bread. I, I wanted some svelte bread, right? And she's going, oh, yeah. It's not spelt, mum. It's spelt. It's spelt. You've got it yeah. wrong. You've got it wrong. Not spelt, spelt. And I'm like, I can't get anything right, can I? And she goes, no, you can't. You always say the wrong thing. I said, oh, I know. I know. I just can't get anything right. I'm pretty much wrong about everything, aren't I? And she's going, well, yeah, usually you are. But that freedom of being wrong, it's like because it doesn't mean that you're a lesser person if you say Spelt instead of svelte or svelte instead of spelt. I mean, like, if you get stuff. Yeah, you could have said, hey, it's svelte in Swahili, okay? (laughs) I know this. How much Swahili do you know, girl? But But that uh, would be hanging on to your point of view instead of being vulnerable and wrong. There is just this freedom in saying, you know what? I'm totally wrong. Yeah, you're right. I can't get anything right. Yeah. It's a freedom to be, yeah. Or if you're in an argument of, like, I might know, I might know, I'm right now. Sometimes it's just good to say, you know, yeah, you might be right. Just that. You're not admitting that you're wrong. It's just like, yeah, you might be right. That's it. That's spring. Another thing that Eric taught me is so neat to say, instead of when something bad happens, instead of saying, oh, no, just say, oh, well, I just like that. That is also very freeing to me anyway. I know. Well, think about it. I'll tell you what happened while I was on the phone. So Annika was bringing something to the houses of my daughter and her friend came to her bring it. Her Annika? Yeah. How do you spell it? Well, I spelled it phonetically because I was dyslexic. So I spelled it A-N-I-K-A when, I, when she was born. But it's, you know, I mean, it's a, it's a, it's a Scandinavian name, right? It's a, like a Dutch. Yeah, this, my youngest is Annika. A-N-N-I-K-A. Oh, you've got double N-I-K-A because a lot of spe- people yes. spell it A-N-N-E-K-E, Annika. Oh, yeah. okay. Mm. Well, in Norwegian, it's A-N-N-I-K-E. E. Swedish is A at the end, but we're, Nor- you know, Norwegian. my husband's Norwegian, but he didn't want a, a Nike. You know, if he had an E at the end, it'd be all sorts of trouble. Yeah, so. I know, I know. She, again, she says, you know, you spelled my name wrong, Mum. I go, oh, yeah, no, I can't get anything right. Anyway. <laughs> She had parked on the medium strip and her and her friend had got this ticket, you know, 600 bucks with the two tickets. And, well, going back to, oh, well, (laughs) instead of, damn you. I just said, oh, no. Do you hear me? I said, oh, no. I I said, oh, well. Oh, well, it's not my money. (laughs) in In those moments, like we have a choice. In those moments when the shit hits the fan, we have this yeah. choice. Do I get upset about it? Do I rally? Do I rampage? Do I keep being upset about it? Do I let it destroy my day? Do I let it destroy my tomorrow? Do I fight it? Do I ring up the department and say, this is so unfair? Mm-hmm. Or do I just pay the bill and let it go? You know, yeah. like we have these choices. And so I had that choice yesterday, but we have these choices all the time, all the time, all the time. Well, you, you, you just let it go. You figure, hey, what's it going to matter 100 years from now? Seriously. Seriously. You pay the bill, and then you have your kid pressure wash every single house in the neighborhood to pay you back. <laughs> That's what I did when Michelle got her first fender bender. She was really? like, well, I, did, I didn't mean to. She had just gotten her driver's license. Yeah. And I said, I know you didn't mean to, but, you know, I didn't do it. So, yeah, it's 500 bucks, girl. Uh, well, you know, I don't want to pay that. I don't want to be, well, okay, here's a pressure washer. Go, <laughs> go on with your bad self. So she did it, paid it all back. 
But you know, that choice of feeling good, that's that selfish choice, right? Do I get upset or do I feel good? Do I just let it go and go, yeah. you know, what feel feels good. better? Yeah, that's like, yeah. that's that, the better choice, the higher choice, but the selfish choice too. Because yeah. rampaging and going, this is so unfair. This doesn't feel good. No. It doesn't feel good at all. So how long have we been chatting? I think I've said everything I wanted to say about the chapter. I wanted to talk about your mediums and say to your mediums the same thing, any of them that are watching, if you feel upset or jealous about another medium, just remember, take the better choice. You know, be selfish, feel good. Feel good about your, well. Feel good about your own talents, your own yeah. ability. Yeah. yeah. And exactly. how you're making a difference in the world because that's what we're all here to do. And that's right. Mm -hmm. And you are doing a good job of it. I want to commend so, you. You're doing a good job too. I want to commend you. As I say, you've, your blog has rocked my world. That book, Aww. Eric's book, really shifted. That's amazing. Wow. It's when I read his book, I had this intellectual understanding of what it might be like to die like never before. Like, ne like I only had some fuzzy like understanding of what the afterlife was like and when i read his book it really sort of like dropped it was a real yeah it totally takes the mystery out of death mm -hmm. i love the chapter on the blackness that was really cool too but we won't give anything away but listen if you want write me up something and i want to share the the book with people and put it on the my bookshelf and all that stuff okay yeah, that'd be good. And also for any of your fans or your mediums out there that want to share their story, you know, we've got three more books coming up. We've got My Awakening Story, which is pretty full, which is just people's spiritual awakening, not necessarily connected to death, but, um, you know, through reading a book or through getting sick or like there's a million ways we can awaken. Oh, yeah. Oh, absolutely. And, um, uh, and there's a million ways we could die too. There's a million yeah. ways we could die. You know, another book I want to do is dying. I want to put stories because this is something that doesn't happen. I want to put stories of how people died well, you know, without wow. pain or suffering. Yeah. You know, I remember as a kid, and I think this might have been on your blog or it might have been on Cyrus's blog. I can't remember his Facebook page. Someone was talking about uh, why do we have to get sick to die? Why do we have to suffer to die? Yeah. And we don't because I remember as a kid. We don't really. No, yeah, there's a lot of people about, just die in their, yeah, in their sleep. In their sleep. As yeah, a doctor, yeah. you probably would have seen that. And of no particular yeah. cause. And, and even when they do an autopsy, there is no particular cause. They're just body, just, they just left their body. Natural causes. Natural causes, exactly. And today you don't hear about that as much. You always hear about suffering and sickness. Mm -hmm. I remember when I was a kid, it, people used to like, you know, the old lady died down the road or the grandmother. And it's like, what did she die of? Oh, she just died in her sleep. Yeah, but um, I'd love to do a book about dying well. You know how some yeah. people, not not the suffering to leave the body, yeah. or the or the suicide, or the road accident, or the hit by a truck. We've got Nancy in the book who was hit by a truck and she had an NDE. She actually came back, but just oh, no. um, yeah, I know, I know. We've had death. We, so the death I talk about the death of my mother and and how she came to tell me that she wasn't dead in so many dreams over and over oh, and over again. But nice. when, I, when I was a young girl, I didn't understand what she was trying to tell me because I had no understanding of what was going on. Of course not. You Except so that young. I was dreaming about mum all the time and she kept saying, you know, I'm not dead. And I'm going, if you're not dead, where the hell have you been? <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Well, one thing that Eric has taught me, and I guess we can close on this if you want, um, is that we don't lose people. We, we don't. I mean, they just basically lose their 
the, the shell that's been their little car driving around in the human experience and they no longer suffer any of the physical or mental ailments that they may have that, that may have plagued them in life so they're just in another dimension that's right on top of ours and eric i think said they're swirled together like like uh, you know a yogurt cone that's swirled vanilla and chocolate and uh, there's no reason why we can't continue to have a relationship everyone's oh let him rest in peace no you don't have to you can continue any kind of relationship you want with your loved one so do it and many relationships are better because yes. you're not grappling with the human ego that says i'm right and you're wrong True. and i judge you and you know your lifetime like often there's you know family relationships are fraught with people's choices maybe strict religious people they marry outside their religion or they do something the parents are, and so they're fraught with these judgments and when the person transitions out of their ego mind their relationship is a lot is a lot better right. and like like you and eric you've got yeah. access to someone who has this broader perspective so you can actually ask, yeah i mean yeah. i used to homeschool him um and you know so now he's my teacher i still teach him some but but also i'm no longer the the mom who wants to fix you know a, a mentally disabled or you know psychiatrically disabled child mm. it's not like eric is somebody to be fixed i want to heal him it's it's not that anymore so mm. that's nice because mm. yeah. that was difficult <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you for having me on all part of the plan thank all you for part of the plan on. And thank you for being a part of the first book in the series. It was just, I love, we love your chapter and all the rest. I'll have to, I'll send you the book. I've sent you the PDF of the book, but I'll send you the physical book so that you've got something. Okay. That, so you can read the other um, people's chapters because they're all fascinating. Uh, well, my chapter seemed pretty good. So I swear to God, I must have channeled that because I don't write that good. No, that you channel. Yeah. You did really I don't well. Know. Well, no, you did really well. You took a little, a couple of excerpts out of um, your book, which I, I read. You know the neutrinos and stuff like that. But no, oh, yeah, right. it was a great chapter because it, again, it takes the reader from zero to a hundred miles an hour. So it starts off as the grieving mother and how terrible it is, and no one should go through that, and everyone can relate to that. And then you're like, whoosh, you know. And now I'm talking to my son in the afterlife, and this is what he's telling me. <laughs> I know, but no speeding tickets. No speeding tickets involved. So we are all on this awakening journey and it's exponentially faster than it used to be. We are waking up so quickly now. It's, it's interesting. Thanks to you, the internet. Thanks right. to the internet. When you think about, you know, the level of consciousness you're speaking to, like am I speaking to the grieving parent or am I speaking to the spiritual seeker who wants to understand the, you know, the meaning of consciousness? It's like we're speaking to all of it from where to go. Yes. Yeah. Thanks, honey. It's been a Thank it's been you, a joy and a blessing to be with you Bye. again. And likewise. Bye for now. Don't you just love Elisa? I just love Elisa. I just have so much fun with her. Now, remember, go out and get yourself a copy of the book. Hers is one of the chapters. I had to have her in the book. I just love it, love it, love it, love it. Uh, because, as you know, the proceeds are going to charity, to a few different charities because I just, like, want to spread the love. But we've got to start making money from the book. We haven't yet. <laughs> I not even covered costs. But anyway, we'll get there. We'll get there. We'll get there. So spread the word, spread the word, spread the word. And if you are somebody who has a transformative story to share with the world and you'd like to share it with the world, 
let me know. Go to the awakeningsoulseries.com and uh, send a submission or a little note there and let me know what it is you'd like to say. There are plenty of people out there with amazing stories, but what I'm really looking for is how it's transformed your life and then helped you transform the lives of others because it's not about sharing, you know, extraordinary pretty stories or, you know, extraordinary spiritually extraordinary stories. It's about how that transformed, how it awakened you, how it helped you get over your stressful thoughts, how it transformed your life and then went on to transform others. They're the sort of stories I want to share. So, yeah, we've got some coming up angel encounters and ET connections or ET encounters. There are many people that have had abduction stories and they've been really scared and they've been living inside fear, fearing the aliens are going to come and get them. And then they realize they are one of the aliens and that there was a soul plan put in place when they did their uh, soul planning before they came into the body that they would come into a physical look with so many stories and then they have overcome fear. So uh, one of my authors has written a book call, calling that from, uh, from Fear to Love from her alien abduction stories going from incredible terror to absolute love. That's what we're looking for from Fear to Love. So thanks again for watching and if you'd like to be a little bit more involved, we have a little tribe called the Inner Sanctum Tribe where we get together online twice a month to talk about these issues. We talk about deliberate creation. We talk about choosing love over fear. We talk about channeling. We talk about connecting to spirit guides. We talk about aliens. We talk about all of it. I invite people on who have been on the show, teachers, to share their experiences. The next person we've got coming up, guest teacher, is Garnet Schulhauser in a couple of weeks he's coming on again he was on last year to share his fourth book i had him on the show i think at the end of last year at the beginning of this year and uh, he's coming into the inner sanctum to meet the people who come online so be a part of the inner sanctum go to karenswain.com slash inner sanctum and you can sign up there it's very inexpensive <laughs> only about 20 american dollars a month or 25 australian dollars a month so thanks again for joining me. Love you all. Mwah. Bye for now. Thanks so much for joining us for another enlightened conversation on Accentuate the Positive. If you would like spiritual guidance from my guides, Blissful Beings, go to karenswain.com for a reading or to listen to more enlightened thought leaders share their wisdom go to the listen page on karenswain.com and choose who you want to listen to all the podcasts are also available on itunes remember to check us out on facebook twitter instagram pinterest you name it we're there until next time bye for now if you feel like that's what you want to do